Good morning, or Good afternoon, morning. or night. Whenever you're listening to it. Whatever you got. This Whatever is you got. Dave Robinson and Nate Green with the Montrose Way podcast. The second in our series. Wow. Can you believe we made it through the first one? I can't believe it. I can't believe we talked for 20 minutes. No, I can. Uh, <laughs> I think people listen to the podcast. Well, we, that too. we appreciate you tuning in today. Today we're going to talk about the world of Smart City, a little bit about autonomous vehicles, and we think some pretty interesting economic development and public policy issues that, that come with it. We're located in a smart city. We are in a smart city. Does that make us smart because we're in a smart city? I don't know. City? I mean, you know, but who the heck wants to be located in a dumb city? I mean, you know, that's a good you point. don't put that on a sign. No, no, you don't. You, put, you want to be a smart city. You don't city. put it on a sign. Right, so right. Columbus... It's, it's a major award. <laughs> Columbus is, a, is a, one of a highly competitive federal Department of Transportation grant to develop a smart city initiative. And again, it's a transportation initiative, but... Transportation and economic development initiative, I would say. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of debate and discussion about what is a smart city. Yep. Is it is it is it infrastructure? Is it is architecture? It, or is it is it companies? Is it software? Is it yeah? There's a lot of debate about that. I don't, you know, Nate. I don't know what you think. I think the reality is it's all of those things. I, I think that you you have to utilize uh, technology, whether it's in running your city, whether it's an e-commerce type. Uh, type application, whether it's in the transportation infrastructure to capture the benefits of technology so you have an efficient transportation system. Mm-hmm. It's really got to be all of those. No, oh, it does. And I think it all has to be tied together. It's all, you know, it's a lot of it's tied. It is. You, you talked about e-commerce, you, but it's also tied into data, data analytics, uh, how you use that data, how you use that data to, to improve your, your transportation systems, to improve your economic development systems. And I think it's it is all tied together. So Columbus was successful in beating out, I think it was six other major cities, Austin, Portland, a lot of big players across the U.S. And I, and I quite frankly think some folks from outside of Columbus were surprised. I think for those of us in Columbus, we thought we had a pretty good chance at this. Well, this think, grant. Yeah, and I think you know Columbus has done a lot of great things to improve its economy over the last decade or more. But I think we sometimes get some short shrift uh, compared to other places like Austin and Portland that our scene is smart, our scene is uh, forward-thinking. Right. That was, uh, it was very smart and forward-thinking for the group to go after it, and it, it's, a hu- it's, a very, it's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, and, and, and again, I think it's obviously a big win for Marianne DeGenther early in his administration, but it's also a big win to the business community because yeah. the business community really stepped up, uh, raised a substantial amount of money that would, that would go along with the fifty million dollar grant to get kind of the total spend up to ninety million. Clearly, it's got a lot of folks in that tech transportation sector very excited, very engaged. There's five pieces to this Smart City, Smart Columbus award. It's it's going to focus on developing smart corridors to provide access to jobs. It's going to focus on real time and integrated data for smart logistics. It's got a economic development and logistics play to it. Uh, it's got a Convention and Visitors Bureau part of it. It's going to work to to really build a, a stronger a connected uh, transportation process for uh, visitors to the city. It's got a kind of citizen participation element to it, connected citizens. And then, you know, what a lot of folks are focused on is the sustainable transportation um, transportation is, options. Yeah, which is uh, a lot of that. I mean, it's not all autonomous vehicles, but certainly that's a big piece of 
that's sustainable transportation options is the autonomous vehicles. So the smart corridor piece for the city, for Columbus, is really going to focus on Cleveland Avenue through through northeast, uh, through the northeast side, uh, clearly through a... Area that needs investment. Yeah. That's lacking in investment. Right. It's, uh, you know, an area in Columbus that has had... Uh, had troubles, and the the mayor Mayor Ginther is very focused on that that Linden neighborhood to, to to bring it back, to bring businesses back, and 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 certainly this will help. So we're touching base on this Cleveland Avenue uh, corridor. It's going to have this in- network of integrated electronic signs, sensors, state of the art elements when it comes to that transportation system. You know, the, a, a big piece of the smart city effort is is tied to mass transit, and a lot of folks think that. This autonomous vehicle revolution that's happening is going to really start with the transit world. So that is going to be, you know, a very big piece of this smart city effort, again, focused on, at least initially, in the Linden neighborhood. There's also this logistics play. Columbus is obviously home to the Rickenbacker Inland Port and the logistics center at the former Rickenbacker military base south of town. So they can use technology and data to, to really try and help promote the logistics uh, innovation. Which is, a, which is a massive part of the economy here in Columbia, oh. in central Ohio. You know, they are, in conjunction with this, they're going through a planning effort for Rickenbacker uh, to tie smart city uh, logistics part with just how you continue to innovate and bring more jobs to Rickenbacker. I think there's, I don't know the number, there's a lot of, there's millions of square feet of space, mm-hmm. tens of thousands of jobs that are there, and we need to not only... I think the key there is Columbus 2020 and the, and the group has said we need to preserve that, but we also need to bring more, and the smart cities brings it brings a great opportunity to grow that sector. Also, again, as we mentioned, there's, there's going to be the you know, convention of visitors aspect to this. They've got a whole series of applications that they're going to make that really come down to you know, having a smart app on a phone that helps Helps you folks come into the city, the city, you land in the city, you get, a, you get a notice or you see something in the airport. It's... Uh, Ties it all together so you know where you are and how to get around. I really think this, there's also an electronic vehicle piece to this. We've, had, we've talked about the autonomous vehicle, but they're going to work to develop an, an EV fleet and develop additional EV recharging stations. Dave, I think you need an EV. I think that would be perfect. For, I think that'd be good good for you. I think I'd look good at one. I think Tesla. you'd look good. Oh, you'd look good in the Tesla. I'd look good in the Tesla. Yeah. Anybody, I mean, this isn't a commercial for our, Tesla. If any of our listeners want to give us a Tesla, I would test drive it. You know what? That would be great. Just give it to us. That would be, I'd like it. It seems fair. Yeah. So, but again, it's kind of, this, this EV vehicle is going to be tied into the AEP, American Electric Power Smart Grid. So there's there's clearly a an EV vehicle piece as well as the autonomous vehicle. Right. And, you know, while we're on the topic of, autonomous vehicles, let's just dig into that a little bit. The, yeah. These are, um, as the term says, basically self-driving cars. And I think the, the first time I saw one of these was, you know, one of these Google cars yeah. driving on its own, and you just kind of look at you're it, and you're like... pictures, and you're like, what the heck's going what on? What in the heck is going on with that? Yeah. No, and it's a little unnerving. It's going to be interesting, though, because yeah. you've got... The technology is getting there. Yep. Uh, and if you talk to the folks who are in this area... Some may argue that, that, in fact, the technology is there. What is what's going to be interesting to see what, uh, what, what we catch up with is how do this local and state regulations get there? Well, and, if, and, and, and how do the regulations catch up, and how disruptive is the technology? Does it disrupt yeah. 
does it disrupt industries that we have today? Does it does it disrupt the automotive industry? Does it disrupt insurance? Mm. You know, those are obviously how about how things. we develop. Yeah, how do the cities develop? That's, you know, that's do you do you need the parking spaces you right. have? I mean, we've got got a whole land use model that's car centered. Yep. You know, you can't you can't build a building can't build a building without yep. justifying how many parking spaces right. you need. Right. And infrastructure is developed. Yep. Parking, roads, everything is developed for people to drive. Yeah. Now, if you have driverless cars, how does that? You're absolutely right. How does that play into uh, how we develop our cities? How we um, redevelop? I mean, that's a, that, it is very disruptive. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a disruptive force. So from a regulatory standpoint, uh, 16 states have introduced legislation related to autonomous vehicles that have, that have not just introduced but have passed legislation. They, uh, they really start in general with allowing for the safe use and testing of AVs along state roads and highways. So there's also been a big effort around researching the economic development benefits of of the autonomous vehicles. You know, you just heard we just talked about Columbus effort with the Smart City grant. Really gives Columbus a a big leg up. Got some good partners with Ohio State and Mattel. And it really puts Columbus in the game. Oh, big time, big time. Or maybe it wasn't. You're going to talk about the other ones, but but it, you know, the city was not really in the game, and, and now it puts it in the game with those other places. So now Columbus is competing with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is obviously home to some some great uh, academic institutions. The Carnegie Mellon Robotics Department and Uber have a partnership that are working on uh, autonomous vehicle implementation. They have driverless Ubers. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. That'd be good. That would be good. That'd be good. No, but that's the that's the rollout. That's the rollout they did in Pittsburgh was the driverless Ubers. Now I don't know how if that is it continues and how much there are, but that was the that's the rollout. Las Vegas, again, you know, the, the state of Nevada, you know, Governor Sandoval has just made, I think, a lot of great strides to try and capture a lot of that, what I'd call, energy industry. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the we joked about Tesla before, but the Tesla investment huge. is huge out there. The battery factor. You know, Las Vegas hosts every year the Consumer Electronics Show that's that's very focused on uh, on autonomous vehicles, so that... So again, Vegas is a place that is is looking, and you know, you want to talk about a place that's got transit issues. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, the the traffic and and the logistics the that they would have it would be a, it'd be a great opportunity. Are they the only place that has passed an incentive for this industry? I don't know. I mean, no, they're not. They're, they're not. not. So there's others. Okay. They're not. Okay. Michigan, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation spent seventeen million dollars to build a, a basically a city. That they could test autonomous vehicles on, so they okay. built like a test facility. Wow. You know, so while Michigan did not win the Smart City Award, they right. basically they have, already have you know created an investment. Again, it's not a surprise. You know, Michigan's not going to give up on anything in the auto industry. It's it's still at their at their well. But heart. again, that goes back to the disruptive nature of it. it right. You know, they've got to figure out a way to keep that industry going, keep the automotive industry going in in light of what's happening in the Navy's. So Boston, Boston's another big area again. Um, you know, with the academic and research institutions in you know in, in that Boston area, not a surprise that that MIT is engaged in this. They actually have a partnership with Toyota. So uh, Boston is really another area that is is very focused on it. Now, it's kind of interesting because the, the federal government has taken some some pretty critical steps 
from the Department of Transportation and National Highway Safety, uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. NHTSA? I don't know. That's, yeah, that's, that's got a lot of letters. Hey, that's what they say, Dave. They I call it. You. They call it NHTSA. The old NHTSA. The old NHTSA. So, but they have they have basically laid out the federal regulations that need to be in place to do these autonomous vehicles, which obviously with the interstate highway system is a, it's a big deal. is a very big very big step. So the federal regulations, for the most part, are in place. That is, uh, and it's that it, is incredible. And it's going to be interesting because now what we're going to start to see is what do the states do? Yep. And yeah, I think oh, this is this is what I think you're getting to with Nevada. Nevada was actually the first state to implement a policy to allow ABs on the road. Right. So they they actually did that first. Eight, since then, eight other states: California, Florida, Louisiana, Michigan, North Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, and Washington D.C. have passed legislation. And Arizona and Massachusetts have issued executive orders. Their governors have, have issued executive orders. And, and our home state is working on that. Ohio is working on that, but not not there yet. Yeah. So uh, this there has been uh, state legislation that was introduced in Ohio this last session of the General Assembly. It has not it has not passed yet, and won't pass this session of the General Assembly. But I think it is, you know, it is guaranteed for sure. To be, session. you know, to be a part of, of that, of that major debate. So well, that makes sense, especially when you've got the, you've got a, you've got a state budget, an operating budget coming up, which, you know, transportation always has a big role in that. So that's, uh, that will definitely uh, play out over the next. Uh, well, six and, months. and again, I think you've looked at, you know, smart city efforts. You see this, this effort getting organized around the city, a lot around transportation, a lot around autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is the next step for this and the next step for a city, but, but really for a state to look at is how do you build a smart state? Yep. How do you build, how do you take that technology initiative and say, well, clearly, you know, clearly we're going to use technology for our, for our transportation network. Mm-hmm. Technology is impacting every aspect of business and government. It's not really a surprise. Government's moved a little bit slower to to fully embrace technology the way a lot of private companies have. So that transportation piece is going to be big. Are we going to see the way we change mass transit? Mm -hmm. Then you're going to see, um, you know, you get the regulations in place. You know, I I think where ABs start to uh, land first are, are more fleet-oriented products. Well, so here in Ohio, when we rolled out two weeks ago, or maybe it was actually last Tuesday, uh, when Governor Kasich rolled out this AV initiative, if you mm-hmm. want to call it, it was in a truck. It was in an yep. autonomous truck. Yeah. And I, that's to your point, fleet vehicles. I mean, you know, that's another, we didn't talk about it, that's another disruptive force. Does it replace truck drivers? Uh, we don't know, but that. But I think to your point there, the fleet piece of that makes sense because it's a business. Businesses are are more likely to adapt quicker to this if it's uh, a money money. You know, if it if it means money in their pocket. So. Well, it's an efficiency. Absolutely, it's an efficiency measure. So if it, if it, yeah, if it can be more efficient for them. So you see those uh, transportation issues coming in, but really, the the other issues I think we should throw on the plate if we're really looking at how do you build a smart state. One's workforce. Yeah. Because what, you know, you talk about truck drivers losing their jobs when autonomous vehicles are, are, are up and running. 
that just illustrates that you know every state needs to really have their have their population focused on um, the next thing the next thing and and uh, and you know the the reality is we have a substantial shortage of skilled labor whether it's in healthcare or financial services or information technology or trades Tra- I mean, it's all all of our high wage jobs are struggling to mm-hmm. find people mm-hmm. and i think it's really critical that if you're going to build that smart state if you know, which really is about an ecosystem, right? It's not mm-hmm. just about, you know, can your highway have Supporting. AVs on it? Uh, do you, well, are you going to be the center for AV research, both of which I think are really important? Mm-hmm. But do you have a workforce that's really engaged and capable of those, of those highly skilled, high-paid jobs? Well, and, you, and, it's a, and it's your, uh, the ecosystem's right because you have, at one end, you have, you have software technology, you know, people building software, people writing software, to run those vehicles. And at the other end, you have people that you're still going to have to have people that are going to need to be able to maintain and fix these things and understand how they actually work, the inner workings of them. I mean, you're, you're right. And those, those jobs don't necessarily, in mass anyway, exist today. Those skills don't exist today. And states that recognize that, build the ecosystem up, build the pipeline up, yep. will are more likely to win. Yeah, and I, and I think that whether it's through AVs or the workforce debate or research and development, the AV smart city, smart state effort, whatever you really want to call it, presents really, you know, a kind of a, it's a big opportunity. It's a huge opportunity. It's a big opportunity. There's a lot of money behind it. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of money just because there's a lot of business behind this, a lot of corporate, you know, corporate interest behind this. Well, and you, you pegged it. There's a lot of money behind it because it could be a disruptive technology. It could, completely changed the auto industry. There's been, from the analysis we've seen, there's there's a lot of folks think the insurance industry is going to change, that no longer will... Well, do you need a car? Do you need a policy or in your car? Do you need a car insurance well, policy? Well, you know, the, the car policy would be with the car company. Right. Because right. you can't make a mistake. That's right. Because um, you just get in it. You get in it and you tell it where to go and it goes. And so... The other re- the, the other reality for the insurance industry is there'll be fewer claims, yep. which actually means they probably have less revenue. Yeah, you know because they can't they can't charge the rates well, that right. they would before. Right, because your insurance against risk, and if the risk is is reduced because it's not human human drivers anymore, then you're exactly right. There's not as much money there. If because we know so much about insurance, we I mean, know a lot. Yeah, we know yeah, things. We're, right, we're, we know things. Yeah, so I'm sure insurance but it really love that. but it. Um, you know, it also impacts the way we develop. I think we talked about that a little bit, but if you have an autonomous car, first of all, you probably don't need two cars. Right. You need one. Yeah, and right. the, the car takes, you know, if you've got a husband and wife, the car takes you both to work. Yeah. And when it drops the last person off, it goes it back goes home. home. And then it picks you up later. And then you, when you want it, you call it. That's right. You text it, and it comes and gets That's you. That's even better than Uber. It's almost better, though. Well, because you can just, you know, you just I like call Uber. It. I, I like can't Uber. pick on Uber. No, Uber's good. I'm just saying... This is why Uber is doing thing in Pittsburgh, because you can just call it. I think you're right. Well, that that was, uh, we hope, a thrilling... And enlightening. And enlightening conversation about smart cities. We obviously think so, don't we? And most importantly, I think we just finished our second podcast. Congratulations, Dawson. All right. Have a great day.